to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a little radio show here on WEHC where we pretend we're sitting on the Duck Pond Wall and catching up on the news. And today I'm very excited that our guest is Rachel Edwards, Emory and Henry class of 1999. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm doing great, Monica. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you as a guest. And I got to say, you got my attention because you know, you said the other day that you had this cool opportunity you're going to be a reader for Audible. Is that a thing? Yes, I didn't. I didn't know it existed until January. But yes, I am narrating books for Audible. Well, how did that happen? It's a really crazy story. Well, I want to hear it. I was scrolling TikTok. <laughs> you know, so many stories <laughs> start with "I was scrolling TikTok." Really, you've heard multiple stories. <laughs> And then, (laughs) (laughs) so I have to own that I was scrolling TikTok. I'm 45. And when I was a teacher, I thought, you know, that TikTok, it's never going to be me. Uh, And I was scrolling TikTok and I heard some content producer say, I think it was a side hustle kind of thing. Can you read? do you want to make some extra money? Can you read and record yourself? And I thought, uh, yeah, I've been an English teacher for 20 years and I've always been goofy. And certainly during the pandemic, I recorded all kinds of stuff. I never met a microphone I didn't like. (laughs) So I, yeah, I kind of sent it to my email and I thought, I'll, I'll look at this later. There's a website called ACX acx.com. So I was like, okay. And a few weeks later, I took a look at it and it was this website that said you could sign up as a narrator and you just had to, you know, sign up as a narrator. Um, and did it say say like what for, or just as a narrator? (laughs) Well, it said, I think it might've said, uh, something about audible or record, you know, can you narrate, And I was like, oh, okay. So that, I didn't know what exactly I was doing other than I was going to sign up as a narrator and said voice acting. I thought, well, I did not even realize this was a thing. So I signed up and I added a sample. It asked for a voice sample. And because I'm an English major and I was very nerdy trying to find something that wasn't under copyright, I found a poem that had been written for my aunt when she retired, aunt, aunt, however, wherever you are, um, whoever you want to be. I said, I thought, all right, I'll just record this. And I recorded it and posted it to my little profile. And I thought, okay, well, that's it. I'll see what, see whatever happens. And within an hour, a book contract signed up or showed up. A book contract? I just, a contract was sent to me to produce a book. And I thought, well, this seems like a scam. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly I've been raised. uh, It it felt too easy. You live, you learn, you figure it's a scam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, And then I, I agreed to the, to produce this book because it said, all right, if you're the narrator, 
You're also the producer. What does that yeah. mean? You had to produce it. So you had to like, I mean, what, did you have one of those little snap boards that said take three or did you, did you just, what does that mean that you were the producer? Were you financially backing it like movie producers? What does that mean? No, it's when you record now with this site, the narrators are also the producers. So they are responsible for recording and then kind of sound adjusting. Oh, so you had to make it sound good. Yes. And then upload it. And technically you also are supposed to market it. So that first one I went through, cause there was a, here came this contract and I realized a few days in that, oh, this is a thing. This, there's a real writer. <laughs> and I questioned everything the whole way. I thought, I don't know if I can, does she like this? I was connecting with her and she said, oh, I love the way you're reading this. And I thought, oh, okay. And then well, that's cool that you got to talk to the author. Yes. I was figuring out the process because the writers, the people who put the books in and assign the contracts are the copyright holders. They hold the rights. And this website is how they find narrators. And so this one, the contract arrived. So now I know that authors can either send you the contract. They can just directly send you the book and contract for your review and you can accept or reject or you have access to all the titles for the writers looking for narrators and you send an audition sample. Well, I, so how many have you, is, was that your only one that you've done so far? You're just getting started or have I'm you done several? I'm on one now, but I didn't know. So I did, so Nothing Like Him was a the first book that showed up, the first contract. And the author was so sweet and kind. I don't know why she picked me. I did ask her. Well, I'm, I'm horrible at this promotion part, Monica, horrible. Well, As I'm saying, do I sound okay? I don't know. Why did you pick me? Well, but you know, you're kind of new at this too. I mean, you know, you, so you know. So she was very kind and felt like I worked really hard at doing this. And towards the end, when you get ready to upload the files, you have to make sure they meet certain requirements. And at this point, I still was kind of clueless to where they were going to go. <laughs> and I didn't want to tell a lot of people because I felt kind of like this might not go well. And there were some, a few little hitches, things I had to learn, but I had to sound scrub and go through and, and adjust the audio and learn things really on the fly and probably not particularly well. Um, and I uploaded it and this was the middle of February. It was right around um, my birthday. Happy birthday, so, you're on Audible. So, well, then I got an email. It was the middle of the night. My son was home from college. Uh, it was, Where does that boy go to school? Oh, he's with you all. Just making sure everybody knew he was an Emory Henry fellow. Yes. So I'll tell you more about that. But he, um, so I got this email that the book, congratulations, your book is uh, now available on Audible. And I thought, shut up. What? I downloaded, I opened up the Audible app and I searched the title and there it was. And I hit play and it was my voice. Oh my gosh. What was that like? I woke up my kid I and I was like, oh my gosh, it's me. It's me. And it was hilarious. 
And he said, that's nice, mom. I'll see you later. Get out of my room. That was the first one. In February. That is amazing. And what was it? And what was the title of that one? Nothing like him. Yes, that nothing like him. And then um, after that, I put in a bunch of audition samples because I get very distracted um, by the fact that I have access when I'm in that site. I can see all these titles of because I'm in love books. You're an English nerd. You said it earlier. I own it proudly. (laughs) So then you can see all the, the, all the authors looking for narrators and then you can send them complete audition files. They tell you what they want you to read Neat. and you send it to them. And if they, if they match, if you match up with what they want, then they send you, they'll send you a contract to produce their audiobook. Okay, so that leads me to another question. But before I get to that, so you've done three others then, right? Is that what you said? I have, I'm working on my fourth now. Wow. So what are the other titles? Because you know we're going to go on Audible and look for you. Now they're romance. And my mother is concerned that I'm being pigeonholed or that she's like, can you read (laughs) something? Is she your agent? She's your agent. She doesn't want to get you too locked into a genre. Well, she just likes to make sure that I'm well aware of all the different opportunities or things that might happen. She she keeps me humble. I'm surrounded by people who keep me very humble and aware that's why you have a teenage boy in the house is to keep you humble. Uh, well, and we, we definitely keep it very real. So what are the other two that are already up? Okay, so Scars on My Heart and Safe With Me. Lynn Reese is such an exciting author. I love her work. I legitimately love her work. And so she has also been very kind and shared her work with me. And Neat. How fun. Have you all met face to face? That could be kind of a fun lunch. She lives in Las Vegas and we have not met face to face, but I think, I think we might. That Um, is fun. So I'm open to reading other things. I'm just learning this whole thing because I didn't realize it was audible. Well, I don't know why I never thought that I'd never considered who was recording me either. I just thought, didn't you think it was probably just some little bank of actors out there who do these things? In some companies it is, but I didn't realize what was going on with this industry of audio, even though I was doing my training for teaching recertification and I'm watching videos about dyslexia and they're talking about the way that kids take in information. And I realized I started talking to people a little bit, and this is apparently kind of a growing field. And I didn't know. So when you say, when you say the way kids take in information is some of it through audio and not from reading. Right. Correct. And so, uh, and also that's how a lot of adults prefer to, they prefer to listen to books yeah, yeah, uh, and podcasts and things as opposed to holding a paperback book. Right. It's still reading. I had to assure my mother, I'm not killing the written word. Um, God, God bless her for caring. Well, you know, I, inter- I interviewed somebody who works for a book publisher and that's how she reads some of the manuscripts that she gets too. She hasn't, she said, I have an app that translates it into something I can listen to while I'm walking around. So, you know, so yeah, it's kind of a huge thing. All right. So, and by the way, we have a graduate who writes romance novels. I feel like I need to connect you all. So we may need to talk. Oh, about I love that. it. Now that you've been in there pecking around, are there some people you'd really really like to read for do you look at it and go I would love to read a book by bloody bloody blah oh yes there is a book by Michael Zitz giving it all away the Doris Buffett story who is it who's Doris Buffett 
Doris Buffett is Warren Buffett's sister. Oh, yeah. Philanthropist. She lived in Fredericksburg and this gentleman, Michael Zitz wrote her story and I love it. Doris Buffett passed away, but I had an opportunity years ago to sit down and interview her. You did? I did. And I loved the work that she did, giving away money that she had, helping other people. Love to narrate. That, I would would love be, to narrate. that would be one you'd like to do. All right. Well, let me remind everybody that we're talking today with Rachel Edwards, Emory and Henry Class of 1999, who has done a raft of jobs. So we're going to talk about that next <laughs> too. But, but right now we're excited because she has, she has just been hired to do some gigs as a reader for Audible, something that all of us have used from time to time to listen to a book. And now we can listen to Rachel Edwards read a book to us, which I think is kind of awesome. So you were saying that Scott Boltwood gave you a nickname in college when you, Scott Boltwood being an English faculty member here at Emory and Henry, what was this nickname he gave you? It came from my email address at the time. And at that point, we were all just starting to get email addresses. And my email was R. Edwards, which was Redwards. Well, I, well, he's very humorous. So I, you know, uh, we part of the joy of being an English major at Emory and Henry is that I was able to work with phenomenal professors who encouraged literacy and research, and I just loved it. Years later, my son, uh, this past year, had Dr. Boltwood as oh, a professor, wow. and so Clay. Uh, he doesn't like to share. Uh, he thinks I'm a total nerd and geek. So he happened to one day mention to Dr. Boltwood that he had taught his mother, which I know every professor loves to hear. They don't. Yeah. Right. No, don't. no. And so Clay later told me that Dr. Boltwood said, oh, Redwoods. That's hilarious. He remembered. And see if, if you if you think if you read it in your head just right, red R E A D words. Yes. Come on, it's like it was meant to be. I did a little play on words when I realized, and this was very recently that I realized, oh, maybe I should tell more people about these audible books. And maybe I should just be myself. In order to promote the audible book, I realized that my own friends and family. So maybe, you know, let's start building something. And so that I can share what I'm doing with Audible and maybe I'll throw in some random um, other pieces of what I've been doing. And And I've noticed that people are very drawn in by the Audible part and recording book, narrating books. It does go back to my major. I'm not out of my, I'm not out of my field. It's just different. It's just different. And, you know, and frankly, it's kind of a cool way to sort of, I don't know, bring your English major into the 21st century when you think about it. You know, I mean, this really is the wave of the future. To It's the wave of the current, not even the future. It's how people do this. And so we had a, how cool that you get to be a part of it. So, yeah, just enjoy it and let us all let us all go on Audible and search it for you because we're excited about that. The previews um, are G rated. Wait, the previews are G rated, but. Are the books G-rated? No, but <gasps> they are absolutely. I love what this writer, Lynn Reese, has done as far as trauma research. Mm. And she's presented interesting characters who are healing from kind of some romantic journeys. 
but she did research and they're wrapped in wonderful stories. Nice. Well, that's okay. The woman I'm going to hook you up with, she's not G-rated either. So it's all good. But Just- previews are the narrator <laughs> producer selects a preview and mm-hmm. that's what everyone hears first on Audible. So you can preview a book. Oh, okay. Without, um, all right. That sounds cool. I'm going to go do that right now. So are, do you still, now are you still teaching? No, I am not currently teaching. Um, I am, this is what I'm doing at this point, and we'll see where it goes. That's exciting. This is really big. I think, I think it might be. I'm learning uh, lots of different things. I took a step back from teaching. I've been a teacher and have my master's degree in educational leadership, but took a step back and working project management certifications. I'm quite a nerdy reader. And... uh, (laughs) We're seeing what develops here. This is super exciting and see how it goes. I love that. I think that's bold and I think that's exciting. When you think about your time at Emory Henry, what are the things that follow you most in your life and in your career? What are the things that you find yourself referencing or talking about or using a lot? Certainly your nickname, but also um, what are what else do you find yourself kind of using and referencing? Emory and Henry, I think, is such a different college experience. And the alumni and the connections, it's a family. And I know that you hear people say that, but I speak, I talk every day with my college friends. Um, I love sending my son there who went in kind of in spite of us. Uh, (laughs) His dad is also an Emory and Henry graduate. And it was just really cool when my son went and another college besties friend happened her daughter went the same year and so we've been able to come back and tailgate and be part of the emory family again and it's awesome there's there are no other people like emory and henry people and i'm not just saying that i know you're not i know you're not and it's really hard to explain to people who went to other schools just the fact that my college professor is still there my professors a lot of them are still there and it's home Exactly. It's home and it feels like home when you come back. So I totally understand that. And I got a pretty good education while I was there too. Well, it sounds like you did. Where did you teach, by the way? I don't think I know that. I taught high school English and middle school English in Spotsylvania County in Manassas City for years and years. Uh, And now I'm just kind of stepping out and figuring, figuring some things out. Audible came up kind of accidentally from behind, did not see that coming. But things are changing and I'm loving good, English, English skills just in an authentic way. Changing in a good way. I mean, this, I mean, sometimes a new direction is good and you get some cool opportunities that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And so it's pretty exciting. You're working on your fourth one now. Do you have others in the wings? Yes, there's going to be another one in August with the same writer whom I love, Lynn Reese. Uh, but I don't know. I am available. I'm accepting other projects. So as we continue along, just it's so much fun to see writers and engage with writers because I have a little bit of a different background. I don't know how many narrators are also English majors. I don't know. I don't know. I narrate the way that I would want to hear a book. Yeah. And then you just, you just kind of see. Well, if the author hears it and says, I don't like how you interpreted that sentence, can they ask you to change it? There are a few checkpoints with this particular company. So the narrator does a 15-minute check-in with the writer to they send what's a finished piece 
just for kind of verification. And then there's an end of the project verification. They could, uh, they could reject if they didn't like the way that something was read. I like to talk to the writer first, yeah. just to say, this is how I, I'm going to do this, if this is okay. And I will ask questions if I need to. Uh, I did learn early on that uh, there are all kinds of different writers and I'm not great with accent, especially <laughs> accents that um, I had a writer who was, I was auditioning with her and she was asking for male voices, deep voices, middle Tennessee accents for certain characters in a chapter uh, with, you know, kind of some Southern Georgia and West Virginia. And I thought, oh my goodness, this one chapter would take, I never recorded 47 minutes. There's no way. And I don't know that I would want to listen to it. So what did you do? We peacefully parted ways. Oh, I see. So it's just I what realized to take on. it yeah. probably was not. Um, it probably was not going to be something that people would want to hear. And I certainly oh. could not do that. But there are lots of great narrators who can narrate in accents and they have different ways of saying things. And that will line up with what an author would like to hear in their production. Yeah. But you're right. If you don't get the accents right, that, that's just more annoying than helpful. Right. Because because there are times in these in novels where you're reading, a, you a, I'm reading a male from a male perspective, the way that the points of view shift. And so I don't, the audience is going to know it's me. You're going to know it's me. And if I try to make my voice deep, you know, it's me. So it's just Rachel with a deep voice. Right. Right. So, Rachel making a male voice. You, you don't want to hear that. Well, and also it's going to be the author's words. So probably people aren't going to buy an audible uh, book to hear me. You don't have to well. Well, we are, but that's just that's different. So tell me this though. So like how long, all right, and I'm, I'm going to ask this question with, and I need two answers. How long is a book? So like, you know, if you're, if, you know, nothing like him, for instance, when you listen to it, is it about two hours long? And how long does it take you to read that or to record that and to fix that and to do all that? Because it takes a lot of work. So different books are going to be different lengths. Audio books are going to be different lengths. Most of the ones that I've recorded clock in about, if you were to listen to the entire book, about seven and a half hours. Whoa. But it's an entire book. They're right. usually between what I've recorded are usually between 21 and 30 chapters. Right. And so in Audible, it, you'll see chapters. Um, there, there are some different ways when you listen to that. Uh, I've heard from some folks who have listened to books that they just binge listen. So they kind of turn it on and let the chapters roll together. Like they're listening to a Netflix series. I, when I record, and I don't know if it's the same for all narrators, I record a chapter in one take. Um, so most chapters go, no, it saves on the editing. Oh yeah, no, I get it. Oh, I totally get I totally get it, but that's hard. Well, it, it I I don't know. I thought you that can't mess I up. were things that other people couldn't do. I'd been reading in classrooms for forever. And um that was part of I told you it was a total shock when it ended up being audible. All right, so um, but so how long is it gonna take you? So it's gonna take you longer than seven hours to record it then. Right. So most um I will record I try to record about three chapters a day and then 
I will take those and put them through the little sound adjusting things. And then what, what do you use to, what do you use to? I uh, use wave pad. Okay. Because it was easy. Um, <laughs> and I, I know that there are lots of uh, producers who do different editing and things like that. That's not my gift. Uh, right. I don't know exactly what's my, what my gifts might be, but that's not it. Really? So the, well, I, it might be, this might be the, the gift and maybe we just need to, to go with that. Um, so we'll see, but yes, it takes me most projects thus far. I would say if it's seven and a half hours finished, probably takes about 21. Wow. And then you count the editing or not? Okay. Well, it's still, it's a lot. And do you, I'd hate, I hate to ask the tacky question, but I'm going to, do you get paid like extra for every download or is it like a one-time fee or how does that work? You choose. There are some okay. narrators who want to work and have a contract by the finished hour. So they're, you know, they're finished. The right. writer will pay them or they'll work through it. Um, and this is just kind of what I know with Audible. I'm not sure how other companies handle handle those things. So you can either say that you're a narrator who wants to produce by the finished hour and produce and that's it. Or you can do a royalty share where you get a percentage of the, of the downloads. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. It's exciting. I think this is so cool. I don't know anybody else who was a reader for Audible. So I'm, I feel like I want your autograph, but it almost needs to be like an audiograph. And so we're going to work on how you do that, Redwards. we got to wrap up because we're out of time, but I'm so excited that you would take a minute to tell us about this. Rachel Edwards, class of 1999, and a narrator for Audible. And so if we go on Audible looking for something fun to hear, we can look for you, Rachel Edwards, right? You are certainly, and I would love to talk more about, or at least I love that there's so many people who are writing and I'd love to give those gifts back. Connect the English major. Well, you know, here's what's fun. We've started doing a, um, a book signing at homecoming for alumni authors. Maybe you should just come and read stuff for us. I'd be happy to. I, I would love to. Homecoming is definitely on the calendar already. All right, October 1. Don't, <laughs> don't miss it. All right. Rachel Edwards, class of 1999, thank you so much for being our guest on the Duck Pond Wall. And thanks, everybody, for listening in today to WEHC and to the Duck Pond Wall. Please keep listening because there is some great stuff coming up next. <laughs>